0: And welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information, and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and with rising costs on farms and living expenses, there's increased interest in renewable energy. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Energy and Rural Development Specialist Barry Kaslin to find out what options are available for beef farms. Barry, you're very welcome. How do beef farms compare to other sectors in relation to energy usage?
1: Yeah, the uh, beef sector would be probably one of the lowest users of energy. Apart from field work, uh, there would be very little energy used in sheds uh, compared to the poultry sector or the pig sector or the dairy sector. So essentially, most beef farmers would use as much uh, energy in their own domestic house as they would on their farm.
0: And what renewable resources are of interest to beef farms, do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose some people have, uh, some beef farmers may have um, an ancillary business uh, along with their uh, beef enterprise, where there might be energy requirement uh, within that enterprise. So you may, for example, have somebody that has their own slaughterhouse or maybe has some other, maybe uh, diversification business, maybe they have uh, a tourism business or maybe a food business on their farm, and they may have electrical requirements there, maybe heating requirements there also. But... um, uh, in terms of i suppose what renewable options are available to them many beef farmers around the country are being approached by uh, maybe solar developers to put solar pv panels onto the land uh, and you know maybe for 20 25 year agreements uh, and long-term leases that have been put in place so that's one opportunity i suppose to get involved in renewables is to um uh, lease the land or license the land to solar developers Put in solar panels over a long term period and gain an income from that. That's also happening with, in the case of wind turbines, uh, also. Uh, And also, I suppose, other areas of renewables that are of interest is the biogas area, where at the moment, um, uh, all of our gas is 50% of our gas is used uh, to to, uh, generate electricity. Or I should say, 50% of our electricity is coming from gas. And it's about 700,000 homes across Ireland that's using gas to heat their homes so there's a a high requirement for gas and it's all fossil fuels and we need to bring renewables into that mix as well so there will be uh what we will be seeing in the in the next couple of years is the development of the ad sector or the biogas sector and that will give opportunities to supply grass for these anaerobic digesters and farmers may not necessarily become owners of these digesters but they may have the opportunity of supplying grass to feed those digesters, which will in turn generate renewable electricity, potentially renewable transport fuels and renewable heat.
0: Farmers that attended Beef 2022 Barry in Chagas Grange got to see the anaerobic digester that were there. Other than grass, what other opportunities do you think that the anaerobic digesters would create for farmers?
1: Yeah, well, look, it's a very interesting technology. It's taken off all over the world. You have digesters in small villages in China and India, you know, that are being used to generate heat um, and, and uh, for, for cooking. But on a larger, more commercial scale, we are, we're seeing them right across Europe. In Germany at the moment, there will be over 9,000 of these biogas plants at around the 500 kilowatt uh, size, which would be... Using mainly maize silage in 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 Germany, for example, but there is the opportunity of putting in slurry, cattle slurry, um, and then what comes out at the end, I suppose ninety over ninety percent of what's put into these digesters comes out at the end um, as digestate, which is a very valuable uh, fertilizer to put back onto the land. Uh, these the 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 interesting thing about AD or biogas is that it can generate both heat, transport and electricity. So if you look at our requirement in Ireland for, um, for energy, it's about one third, a third, a third divide between heat, transport, and electricity, uh, energy requirements. So this, this is where uh, AD as a technology can meet all of those individual targets in those sectors. So agriculture will have a major role to play in that. We're going to uh, see a, a big demand for grass for these digesters, and I think The scale that we'll see that in Ireland, it won't be for power or for transport fuels. It'll mainly be for heating. So what we probably see is raw biogas that is generated through an anaerobic digester being upgraded or cleaned, that that gas will be cleaned into what's called biomethane. So you're taking out the carbon dioxide and you're left with over 97% methane, which is the equivalent of propane gas that's already in the gas grids across the country. So what we would be seeing happening there is this gas being injected into the gas grid. It won't require retrofitting of houses or businesses across the country at all, because it's just going to be blended in with the existing gas. Um, so this, this is where agriculture will have a major role to play in terms of supplying those feedstocks. It won't happen unless we get those feedstocks. We could look at other feedstocks such as you know, food waste, could be any kind of organic material uh, can be used in these digesters, but ideally grass silage, uh, um, maize silage, uh, slurry, ideal feedstocks for it, and they'll be the main feedstocks that will be used as grass and slurry in, in the planting range.
0: So huge opportunities there, but in relation to the solar PV panels that you mentioned, they've created some interest in the past number of years, and as you mentioned, farmers have been approached to use their land. What should farmers consider before going down this route?
1: Yeah, I suppose there's a, there's a lot to, to take take on board uh, if when you are being approached in that kind of a situation because there will be taxation issues that you'll have to consider. So I always say it's very important to talk to your tax consultant or your accountant before you make this decision because at the moment you, there's no issue in terms of uh, agricultural relief, for example, and the use of the land. But who knows, maybe in a, in a, in a few years' time that could all change. So... In terms of who owns the land at the time of signing the lease, the option agreement and the lease agreement and the heads of terms which is all um, I suppose new to farmers to have to be uh, dealing with the, this type of terminology and you know it's very important to cons- consult your solicitor about this also because again you're signing up something here that's going to be 20-30 years on your farm. Uh, and you know you, want, you don't want to, I suppose, sign something that's going to impact or have an impact or a consequence for the next generation. And um, I suppose the land use is something you have to consider as well. Like you can use the, the land for sheep grazing, but you will not be able to use it for cattle grazing or for horses or for goats or uh, any other type of enterprise except for sheep. So uh, there is there is that opportunity to continue that enterprise. And, uh, you know, alongside the solar, um, the solar project. Um, and that would have to be written into the lease agreement, the long-term lease agreement, that you would have the right to graze that land uh, over the lease period uh, with, with your own sheep. So there's, uh, I suppose, there's a lot not to consider, I suppose, but there's uh, the main people to be speaking to would be your accountant and your solicitor to make sure that you, everything that you're signing is going to be meeting your needs in the future and your family needs as well
0: and i suppose in relation to the electricity usage on farms you mentioned that the farmhouse would possibly have as much or as high a usage as the farm itself what options would be available for the farmhouse for in relation to solar panels or renewable energy
1: yeah i suppose um what's really coming fast down the tracks here is the micro generation scheme and and this is a, a support to export excess electricity back to the grid so on a farm situation, if we start with that, there is the possibility of putting on, on solar PV on a small scale, maybe up to 11 kilowatts, maybe up to, um, uh, depend depending on your demand. And this is important that you'd actually look at what the current demand is, whether it's on the farm or whether it's in the house and size the panels appropriately. The thing about solar is it generates electricity when the sun is shining, just like wind generates electricity when the wind is blowing. So they're intermittent technologies they don't produce it continuously and so some people may want to consider battery storage uh, whether it's on the farm or in the domestic house to store that excess electricity at times of the day when it's been generated and you can't actually use it so that would be important to consider and so uh, batteries are quite expensive uh, and uh, there are grants available for batteries and for the solar pv through the TAMS grant for the farmyard side of things but that TAMS grant is not available for the Domestic Dwelling House. There are separate grants available for the uh, for the Domestic Dwelling House through SEAI. Um, and they're available, they, they're tiered grants, so they're starting off at a higher level and coming down to a lower level each year. So I think it's to encourage people to win that bit earlier rather than putting it on the long finger. So those grants will decrease year on year. Um, the, is there is the possibility as well of exporting uh, excess electricity back to the grid and uh, i suppose um, uh, obviating the requirement for any battery so that would mean that you can sell at the market rate back to your electricity supplier so if you're with Pinergy or if you're with uh, arden energy or sse or some of these different electricity suppliers you would have to negotiate a deal with them as regards what price, and they're all actually putting out their prices uh, at the moment as regards what they're offering for any excess electricity. And the interesting thing, Catherine, about it is that the market rate of electricity has gone up phenomenally in the last 12 months due to geopolitical issues across the, the, the across the world and especially across Europe at the moment. So we've seen it gone from five cents per kilowatt hour um, last year to over 17, 18 cents per kilowatt hour at the moment. So this means that um, you are getting a much higher price for the excess electricity that you're exporting back to the grid. Now that could change your electricity costs come back. Those prices per kilowatt hour could come down um, proportionately with the the wholesale market prices coming down. But I suppose in the short term to medium term, it's looking as if electricity prices are going to remain high, especially as we go into this winter. Uh, Because, as I mentioned earlier, 50% of our electricity in Ireland is produced from gas. And gas prices are very volatile across Europe at the moment and are expected to possibly go even higher into this winter, which will not only increase the heating costs for those 700,000 homes in Ireland, but will increase the electricity costs for all houses and businesses in Ireland. And I suppose that's why so many people are looking at solar PV as a technology it is important, though, that you size the solar PV panel uh, to this, to your meeting demands. Uh, it's very, very important that you don't oversize them because each kilowatt of PV that you put on the roof, it's going to cost, you know, over maybe 1,300 euro per kilowatt. And there are economies of scale there that determines, uh, you, you know, that they get cheaper, I suppose, the bigger that, that you get. There, there's a lot of... Um, People approaching these companies at the moment, uh, there are different technologies out there as well. There's different stand, uh, quality of technologies out there as well that people need to be aware of also. Uh, some are obviously better than others. It's like buying anything these days. you know you'll get higher quality products and lower quality products. And it is important that you do your research and that you're happy that what you're getting is going to meet your requirements and will be of the quality and standard uh, that, 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 that you would expect.
0: And in relation to the grants that you outlined and the different types of solar panels, et cetera, that are available for listeners that might be interested in some of these options that you outlined, where can they get more information?
1: Yeah, I think the, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland have a lot of information on their websites under the Microgeneration support scheme. So to, to look up the Microgeneration support scheme, there are one-stop shops. Uh, there's about eight different one-stop shops. So if you Google those one-stop shops, Around the country, you'll see who's uh, who's supplying information as regards retrofitting houses, as regards uh, solar PV, and opportunities there for the larger projects. You know, many people are being approached. You know, for um, for to put solar PV, for example, on maybe 20 acres, 30 acres. Many people are being approached, but there is the possibility of just doing a Google search of what companies are out there who are. Uh, you know operating in this area of large scale renewable electricity support scheme type projects so there's different levels of support Catherine the larger projects are supported to the RES scheme the RESS renewable electricity support scheme that's where you have maybe 20 or 30 or hundreds of acres covered in solar panels or large areas covered in the likes of wind turbines and then you have the TAMS support scheme to the department of agriculture that supports on-farm uh, solar PV at the rate of 40%, and then there's 60% available for the young farmers uh, for putting in the solar PV panels, and that's up to 11 kilowatts. Uh, so you'll find information on that on the Department of Agriculture TAN support uh, website. And then for the domestic, um, you know, most of the solar companies that are installing these, they they uh, fill out a lot of the paperwork in relation to the exporting back uh, to the grade, um, so it, the, so, but to get the independent information on it, you would again look at the ICEI website under the Microgeneration support scheme.
0: That's great Barry, and you also lead the farm options diversification course with the regional coordinators across the country. When do you expect those to be running?
1: We will be um, having details of those at the National Ploughing Championships this year, and um, the, so we're going to have one in all uh, regions across the country. and. I suppose it's really an opportunity for farmers to look at their existing business and to see where the opportunities are to diversify into a new area. Diversification really isn't for everybody, but there are some farmers that maybe their sons or daughters or maybe a family member who may consider doing something with the land or maybe the buildings to generate a new business and a new income stream. So that's what the the options, the Farm Business Options uh, training courses is all about. They run over five different nights they'll be in different locations. So what I would say is to contact your local Chagas office and to speak to the the options coordinators there uh, about dates that they're going to be setting in your local region of, over there. And they'll be running from October to December of this year. Thanks, Barry. Pleasure, Catherine.
0: That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Barry for joining me on the show. We are currently running a survey to find out how the Beef Edge podcast is of use to you, And if you could click on the link in the episode notes to complete the survey, it will help us improve the show. In the meantime, you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, Or you can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.